What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Armando Biondi, who's the founder of Breadcrumbs.io. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, hey, going very well. Thank you. What about you? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to be chatting with you and learning more about what you're working on. For people that haven't heard of Breadcrumbs.io, can you kind of share what it is and what you're working on here? Yeah, uh, Breadcrumbs is a revenue acceleration platform based on a co-dynamic lead scoring engine, which is a very fancy word or like a description for like a better way of doing lead scoring or lead scoring as it was meant to be. Um, it's interesting because it's one of, I don't know how familiar are you with lead scoring as a concept or marketing in general? Are you somehow- I'm pretty, I'm actually pretty familiar. I, I've worked in two organizations that w- were pretty heavy lead scoring orgs and I, I know the, the good parts of it and the, and the parts that should be improved. So yeah, I'm very That's aware. Awesome. I'm very, very happy to hear that. The, the thing that was surprising to me when I started looking into this um, idea slash company is that it's one of those problems that you would expect to be solved by now but very much it's not. It's actually a very, very painful, very expensive, very complicated problem. Um, and so many, many companies either tend to reinvent the wheel or you know, hire a lot of people um, or look for you know, solutions uh, to solve this problem. And the reality is that so far, uh, what has been created as a company around lead scoring is very unsatisfying, um, which is you know, a reason why many, many companies end up kind of reinventing the wheel, the wheel most of the times. So kind of walk me through um, as, as little or as much as you want, but you know, I, I'm, I've used lead scoring. I'm aware I've used different platforms. Like I definitely, yeah. like, I think one of the reasons I wanted you to come on, I'm like, this is like, this is a huge problem, right? How, how do you think about, you know, I guess, building this out? Or I guess in other words, let's say I was to use this for my own platform, yeah. my own company. Can you kind of walk me through how it would work, what my user experience would be like, and just kind of like ultimately what, what that feels like? For sure. So there are fundamental, uh, a bunch of fundamental things that we think have been badly implemented in the first iteration of, you know, lead scoring as a concept, uh, which we are solving for. And for example, like the one thing is that, you know, you in the old world of lead scoring, you would receive a lead, you would assign a score based on a series of criteria called firmographics, and then you would pass this lead to your CRM. And that's it. You would call it a day. Right, but any operator worth its salt knows that following up on a promising lead today versus three weeks from now is fundamentally different, right? And so there is kind of a timeliness, uh, a shelf life, a time decay element that is not really captured in an effective way in most lead scoring systems. Um, that's one big topic. Second big topic is that 
so far, lead scoring has been mostly about data, has been kind of thought about as a data problem. It has been about the quality of the data, how much data you have, how much fresh it is. But the reality is that more data doesn't necessarily mean better decisions, right? The, the data that really moves the needle is a small, tiny percentage, and you want to have the highest quality possible on that data. You don't really necessarily care about the rest of it. But if you make it a data problem, you go down a rabbit hole that is never ending because you know data hygiene is a, another very, very hard problem, right? And so the way we think about it is you know, not, not about data too much, you know, but the highest, most important quality data, yes. Everything else, not necessary. Um, number three, um, the way it was thought about in the first you know, iteration of this like lead scoring concept, it's mostly a black box. Right, uh, companies out there that do lead scoring, you know, they you provide them the data, they do work some magic, and then give you a score. Uh, and the reality is that no one ever trusted the black box. And it's your leads. You want to know what's happening. You want to have a say in it. You want to, you know, design the system that works for you. And so the way we're thinking about the world, because of all these things. Um, is like an easier, better, faster way to implement your lead scoring system. You can do it literally in like 30 minutes instead of weeks of work. And then you can iterate on it because the other thing is that if implementation one of your lead scoring takes like three months or four or six when you are a bigger organization, you are never going to do iteration two or like it's going to be next year, right? But like a year from now, your sales organization will have evolved. Your marketing organization will have evolved. You will be looking at different type of customers with different type of messaging and focusing on a different type of ICP, right? Ideal customer profile. And so you need a faster, better, more agile way to take care of this part as well. And so far, pretty much has been impossible. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing all that. It's very exciting to know that, you know, you're working on this. Love to back up a little bit and kind of hear what's the origin story for Breadcrumbs and, you know, why did you decide you wanted to work on this and kind of what were the early, early, early days like? Yeah, it's still very early. We started six months ago, so very, very early. Uh, but the reason why we started um, thinking about this and got very excited, it's really a combination of things. So number one, what I was mentioning before about the problem that supposedly, you know, shouldn't have existed anymore, but very much does. That's, you know, interesting. Number two, um, it was kind of coming out of the observation. Um, so my previous company was called AdExpress. So it was Facebook advertising optimization for small and medium businesses and small and medium enterprises. We grew that from zero to about... $300 million in Facebook advertising budget process on a yearly basis. We ended up becoming one of the top five partners for Facebook. And then we sold to Hootsuite. And within Hootsuite, um, the next, like one of the big projects that Hootsuite did um, after you know buying at Espresso was building their own like flywheel system. And um, we saw how complicated that was and how much time um, they ended up investing in it just to put in place iteration one. Interestingly enough, the guy that did this after you know completing this task moved on to another company, Chargeify, uh, and ended up doing the same thing all over again. And so it was you know then moving out of Chargeify again to you know go to the next company, and that's when I kind of grabbed him and said, "Wait a second, this should be a product instead, like not a process that you 
rinse and repeat um, all time. And, and that was another element. And then I'm also an angel investor. At this point, I invested in about 150 companies, I think. Uh, and when I started looking into this problem, 100% of the companies beyond like a couple million dollars in ARR, not, no joking, like 100% of them were either looking into this or thinking about it or building something around it or, you know, struggling with it. And so that's where, you know, kind of the light bulb went off. Uh, and so we, we started breadcrumbs. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a great origin story. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm curious, um, one question on those lines is you obviously have, have a, a lot of experience from building your previous company to angel investing, you know, through your time in Hootsuite now building this out. I'm curious, what have been some things that you've learned, you know, along the way about business building, team building, company building, about markets, just like what's, you know, a couple of things you've learned on, on your journey um, in, in business so far? Oh, that's a very broad question. Um... Lots of things. Maybe these two. I'll tell you two. So number one, um, the most successful founders are the, the ones that are the most comfortable with change. Um, namely, the fact that you know building an organization, a company, things change very, very rapidly, and you need to adapt and adjust, you know, accordingly to that um, on a weekly basis, literally. Um, and you know, every three to six months, it's an entirely different new company that you are, you know, um, working on and, and with. And so the more you can do that effectively, the more you can accept that instead of resisting it, um, the better you're going to do. Um, the second thing is about managing cash flow. Uh, a lot of founders are not great at managing cash flow, uh, and that is something, you know, that you have to learn along the way. Um, and for me as well. And so, you know, cash flow at the end of the day is kind of the lifeblood of a company. Uh, and so you need to be careful with that. Yeah, I definitely learned that hard lesson with my last company for sure. But lesson learned, you know, lesson learned. Yeah. Um, so if you were to look out into the future for, for, for this, you know, five, 10 years, 15 years, what does that look like? Or I guess in other words, what's the big vision here for breadcrumbs and kind of what's, what's, uh, what direction are you rowing in every day? Yeah, it's a very good question. So if you look at the most successful companies out there, um, like an Atalassian or a HubSpot um, or a MailChimp, you know, any one of the big ones that have a freemium model and then a commercial motion and then an enterprise play. Um, the way they navigate those different uh, sales motions or you know revenue motions is through this idea of a flywheel engine. So something that moves people from low value but high potential to you know kind of mid-sized value and then you know potentially a high value in a programmatic way, right? And so this idea of a flywheel engine as a service uh, that is not only lead scoring, but also lead, lead routing, and even more so, as I was mentioning before at the beginning, kind of this idea of revenue acceleration. So um, growing revenue faster, better, more effectively through you know, more fine-tuned um, processes and tools that you have internally. Um, so that's kind of the big, the big idea. You know, having something or socializing that concept, like not only Atalassian, you know, has to have something like that. Everybody can. And if you start early and you do things right, 
you know, you're going to generate more growth, better, faster, in a more effective way. And that's going to be better for you, for your customers, and in general, for everyone. Absolutely. I, I, I love that vision. And, and to make it happen, you obviously need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is, yeah. how can the forward-thinking founders community help you? Are you looking for customers? Are you looking for investors? Are you hiring you know, team members? How can the community assist? Um, so on the funding side, we're good. Uh, we, we raised an insider round, which we didn't announce yet. Um, maybe it will be public by the time that we go live with this. Um, on the other sides, mostly customers, I would say. What we are excited about is helping other companies, founders do a better job with their um, marketing and sales engine. And you know, if you have like a few hundred leads per month, um, that you are generating through your marketing engines and you have a self-assisted motion, you know, you should probably consider looking at something like breadcrumbs. Um, and we're happy to help there. We have a freemium model so you can get started for free forever. Um, we care about, you know, helping the community. Um, and then as you grow uh, and we continue to do a good job uh, for you, you know, that is when it will, it will be start, you know, um costing something but otherwise you know that's kind of what what we're going for cool and if someone wanted to try this out you know give it a shot where can they find you online you know do you have a website url are you on social media yes. or do you have an email uh, how can someone reach out absolutely breadcrumbs.io um there's a free trial in there or uh, armando at breadcrumbs.io all right well thank you so much for coming onto the podcast i really appreciate it yeah thank you so much